Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Hangout, our weekly roundtable discussion as we recap the previous game, also look ahead to developments surrounding the New York Giants. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzburg, Howard Cross with you. A disappointing performance for Big Blue out in Vegas as they fall to the Raiders 30-6. to We're going to hit on three big themes. Unfortunately, the injury bug struck once again. Where the Giants go moving forward with the quarterback position because of multiple injuries at that spot, as well as some of the defensive struggles against the Raiders' offense. So, Howard, I want to start with obviously the biggest news coming out of the game, and that was, of course, seeing the image of Daniel Jones go down on one knee on the very first play of the second quarter. We saw that he awkwardly went down on the previous play, the last play of the first quarter, and he had to then head back to the locker room. There are reports that it looks like it's probably a serious knee injury, but we're still waiting for confirmation from the team. But I think at this point, the Giants are operating with the idea that Daniel Jones, in all likelihood, will be a spectator moving forward. And it's unfortunate, Howard, because he just came back from this neck issue, which he missed three games. And then all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, the Giants now have to deal with being without their starting quarterback once again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really bad. I mean, I feel bad for Daniel more than anything else. I think that uh, he came back full of energy. You could tell in his warm-ups, he looked looked healthy. You, you could tell also when he threw the first couple of passes, had a little extra, a little extra juice on him that got out of his hand. Uh, but, to, you know, to step back with, you know, a non, uh, non-contact injury and go down, uh, that's, you know, kind of been the theme of, of the NFL for the last couple of years or last five or six years, these non-contact injuries. And by the way, on grass, not on turf. Uh, he just kind of caught his caught his cleat, buckled his knee and went down, uh, tried to run it off. He, he looked like he may be able to do it, but he was running forward. He wasn't really dropping back. The moment he dropped back and planted his foot, he went down again. So uh, hopefully – you know, it's not that that bad, but, you know, it doesn't look good right now. So for the Giants, they got a lot to think about. Um, if it's a serious injury, being so late in the year in November, uh, the first of November, that's that mean that if it's something for that requires a lot of surgery, how long it's going to take for him to get back? Um, how, you know, how healthy will he be to, when he gets back? Because running is a big part of his game. Uh, can you trust, you know, trust when he gets back, he'll be, you know, well enough to run and, and move around. Those are all kinds of questions they're going to be looking at over the next few days. And again, hopefully for, for Daniel, it's, it's not as bad as he thinks or as bad as he thought, but, you know, we can only pray for him. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree, Howard. It, it's as miserable as it looks, and it looks like gloom and doom. Uh, if you know a guy, I didn't play, Howard played, but if you know somebody and you know him fairly well, I mean, he's a class young man. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you never want to see anybody injured, but you know, he's had injury problems. He just comes off the, the neck injury comes back. Everybody in, in the locker room was enthused this week. Everybody had a little more getty up in their gate. You can tell Daniel, uh, Saquon, everybody, they, they were fired up and yeah, you know, the first series was three and out, but you know, he, he connects with a home run ball that he was uh, to, uh, Jalen Hyatt was just out of bounds. Another time Hyatt had his guy beat. It, it was kind of overthrown. I was feeling like good. You know, there was something about it. But this injury, like I agree with Howard. You can only pray that it's not serious. But it, it certainly looks like everything points to like a torn ACL. And if that's the case, what Howard says is true. You know, so then the question is, where do they go from, from there? To me, what was discouraging, you know, I, and I you always wonder, when you have an injury like that, what does it do 
to the morale of the team on the spot? Are they discouraged? You, you know, are they down, uh, you know, gloom and doom? You know, this has been a Murphy's Law season. What could go wrong for the Giants has gone wrong. But that said, you know, the first offensive series, the first offensive series for the um, for the Raiders, I mean, it's a, you know, the I was talking with Lance earlier. It's a Jekyll and high defense. That defense looked like the Giants defense. It was six plays, 67 yards. Josh Jacobs, they looked like they would could just do what they want against the Giants defense. And that, to me, was shocking as well. The Giants defense, uh, they got beat up with the rush. They did not get to the passer. They made O'Connell look like a seasoned veteran. That, to me, as bad as the injury to, to Daniel was, that, to me, was really depressing. It may have been depressing, but it was also slightly understandable. Like, they're missing Leonard Williams. I mean, Leonard Williams gets traded away. Uh, you're talking about trading away a Pro Bowl player in the middle of the defense, another guy that wreaks havoc. Uh, now you can kind of focus more on Dexter Lawrence. You brought in you brought in guys to kind of shore up the run more than anything else. Um, but they were only supposed to be spell players. They weren't supposed to be every down players. Uh, and I like Asian Robinson and Nacho, but the, you know Leonard Williams was was supposed to be where, where they were hoping they were going to have a good season and try to figure out what to do with his contract after the season. When they trade him away, you got guys coming in and they they're. Good players, they want to be great players, but there's going to be a step down in talent. There's going to, have to be somebody who's going to step in, to, you know, to try to make up that that production that Leonard had in the game. That that energy, that motor, that that penetration, all the stuff that Leonard was bringing. You know, now you got three or four guys that are going to try to step in there to bring it, but bringing it, they'd all have to be in there at the same time on top of each other to, to get the same kind of production almost. Yeah, well, well I, Leonard I, played. Go ahead, Russ. Yeah. No, no, I agree. It was, it was a step down. It, it was it was a couple of steps down. It, it just did not look right. I, no question about it. Leo not being there is definitely a big minus, you know, on that defensive line. It just, it just, you know, the defense just looked out of sorts. Even at times, I said, the it reared its ugly head, some poor tackling. We hadn't seen that for a couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, it came out again. It, it just was, it was a very discouraging game from a Giants perspective, for everybody involved, and I'm sure the fans felt the same way. Yeah. Well, and to then, Howard's point, Leonard Williams, I was just going to say, Howard, played well over 70% of the snaps this season on defense. That's second most among defensive linemen. So you're right. It does change the dynamics. Even though they have rotated personnel, he's been on the field more often than not than everyone else. And what I think you were tapping into, and this ties into what Russ said, when you can't stop the run, it's very hard then to start getting after the quarterback. And in the last few games, if you notice, guys, the Giants have done an effective job containing the run games. Washington and the Jets, you know, Brees Hall had the catch and run. He didn't do much of anything on the ground. Damage-wise, Josh Jacobs, five-yard runs, six-yard runs. Dunk plays all of a sudden favorable third downs. You can't all of a sudden pin your ears back and disrupt the rookie quarterback. So I thought that was a big difference as to why we saw no sacks and one quarterback hit. And that's why, to Russ's point, Howard, Aiden O'Connell was not put in a precarious spot where A, he had to play from behind and B, the down and distance was against him from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, I get all that. I, like I said again, like you got to have the right guys in there. That this is like kind of what the offensive line was like before when you don't have everybody you're supposed to have or everybody you thought you were going to have. 
you look different, and they look different without Leonard. It's, it's going to be a big adjustment. I think they've tried to address it probably in practice. They probably thought they had a handle on it. They understood that, you know, Antonio Pierce was going to run the ball and have his guys run the ball a lot because he's going to try to protect his quarterback. That's the only way to, like, kind of get things going. And they came in knowing that and knowing that Josh Jacobs is not just any running back. He's like the leading rusher of the league. So and he's not, he does with a little bit of everything. He does with some power. He does it with speed. He does it with some shiftiness. So he's a really good back. So if you're, if you're knowing all of that, it's all hands on deck and everybody gets to get to him. Uh, I thought that uh, the banks for the first time kind of showed like a little bit of a rookie, rookie moment. He wasn't, wasn't his normal hand in the chest and then turning and carrying guys down the field. Uh, which was, you know, a little, little disheartening for him. I'm pretty sure he'll be wanting to get back. You, you lose a Dory Jackson in the game to a concussion, so it gives, gives, you know, it gives more room. You, you're playing against one of the top receivers uh, in in the in in the league, and you kind of have to like, you can't just say like, oh, we're gonna bring bring the bring the house every time because if you do, that guy's gonna light you up because all you do is throw the ball up and he'll go get it in Adams. So I I don't really know what the answer is going to be. In a situation like that, now you get this week, you go against Dallas. They don't have the same kind of big, powerful running game, but they do have a guy that's a home run hitter. So you're going to get to him, rally to him quick and get him down to the ground. That's what they're going to do with Dallas and make Dak be the only only reason that the the, uh, Cowboys have a chance. But if they don't do it that way, it could be, you know, another long day. Well, Dallas also, I would say, stresses you out with the receiver position much more than the Raiders in terms of their depth and their versatility. But I actually thought the Giants did a good job not allowing Devontae Adams to damage the game. The problem was you had other players not named Devontae Adams that came Mm -hmm. to life. For example, you brought up Deontay Banks, Trey Turner, who is not a household name for the Raiders. He gets that 50-yard catch down the field. He beat Danks, Banks up the right sideline. Then you saw plays from Hunter Renfro early in the game. They got him more involved. And that shouldn't surprise anyone because, Howard, you brought up Antonio Pierce. You figured the coaching staff was going to maybe tap into some different personnel that may have not been utilized as much under the old regime. So it was a combination of that, and it was a combination of a new play caller going in a little bit of a different direction compared to what we saw in previous games. Well, I told I told people this before the game. They were asking me what they think was going to happen. I said, it's simple. They're going to go back to week one of, of training camp installations. They're going to look at everything, and they're going to start playing from there because that's the stuff that everyone knows, which means that all the players that would have been playing at week one, okay, you guys are kind of the starters. We're going to work with you. Okay, we're calling you guys back. Let's go. All the starters get in place, and we and we work from there. Uh, we want everybody to have an opportunity. We want everybody to, but we're, our objective is just to win games. And if our objective is just to win games, we're going to go back to the stuff that we know first and we'll expand as we go. And that's how you call plays when you're, quote, unquote, an interim coach or even an interim OC. You you start from the basics and you grow out. And they went basic run. That's what they did right off the bat. Sweep right, sweep left, off tackle right, off tackle left, and up, up the middle a couple times. And then it started to work, especially the outside plays, because if you don't get to them early, Jacobs has enough speed to, you know, put some, put some damaging yards on you. You know, you know, guys, we're spending a lot of time, justifiably so, talking about, the defense, but listen, we did have guys back on the offensive line that were missing. You know, we, we got Andrew Thomas back. We got Evan Neal back. Uh, we also had eight more sacks of a Giants quarterback. Now, in, in no, fairness. No, no offense, Rush. No, you really didn't. Think about this. Daniel Jones failed twice. That eliminates two of your sacks right away. DeVito ran out of bounds once, and I think Daniel ran out of bounds once. So four of the sacks were guys just running out of bounds. They could have threw the ball away. 
Well, fair, fair enough. Well, I, I, I was going to say, and, and some mm -hmm. of it, some of it, you, you know, listen, uh, Tommy is, is a third string quarterback. He's up from mm -hmm. the practice squad. You know, so there were times where maybe as Howard says, he could have thrown the ball away. Um, he had some quick feet, maybe took the, the sack too easily or just ran into it. But the question now remains, where do they go from here with the quarterback situation? I mean, Who's going to be your quarterback for the rest of the year? And, you know, listen, it's not outlandish to say, can the Giants win another game this season? You know, it's not outlandish to say. I, th I think that's a real concern. I think Daniel added an element to the game, uh, running the ball that, that, that other guys don't really have. I think even Tyrod has a little bit of the run the ball. I think – DeVito was trying to show that he had some of that in, in him, but, you know, they're going to be cautioning him against running because uh, there's really nobody behind him except for Matt Barkley. Uh, and he just got to town. Uh, so they're going to be trying to figure out ways to get things done. I think that what you're going to see, they're going to probably, you know, evolve into rolling right, rolling left, trying to give him some space, but cutting off half the field and making sure the receivers uh, get, you know, give a chance, give them a chance to get open or he'll try to run it or throw it around. It'll be more of the RPO thing but without the without him running so much. Uh, he threw the ball you know, fairly well when he was throwing it, uh, especially, you know, in the, in the intermediate routes. The deep ball kind of got away from him a couple times, but he, he looked – you know, decent enough uh, from the first time he was in to this time. I think if he gets another time, unfortunately, he has this time to go against the Cowboys, and they're going to be bringing everything they can. Uh, the only, you know, concerning thing about the offensive line I kind of saw was that I saw them uh, at the end of the game. I saw Evan Neal go down, and he didn't really get back up. They took him off the sideline. So that would be concerning because he was having a pretty decent game himself. I, I just, you know, that ankle just never really got all the way back, I, I'm assuming. No, well, this was the other ankle, Howard. Yeah, correct. This is the left. Yeah, this is the other ankle, Howard. Yeah. 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 So this Best is a different ankle. In, yeah. in fact, Evans Evan said, Yeah, it feels like it felt with the other ankle. So I mean, now now we got a guy playing on two bum ankles. You know, yeah. if he can come back and play. I you know, I, I'm saying this week, which who knows? Well, he was long armed and he stumbled backwards if you go back to the replay, and that's how he injured his ankle. So he's a question mark moving forward. Now, granted, they're a little bit healthier depth-wise on the line. So if Evan mm -hmm. can't play, they can now turn to some guys that previously started who now are serving as the sixth and the seventh offensive lineman. But to Howard's point, Dallas is cut from a very different cloth than the Raiders in terms of the mm -hmm. personnel they have up front. It's one thing to deal with Max Crosby. It's another thing to have to deal with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and several other guys, which we saw back in week one. But I want to go back to Russ's question about the quarterback dynamics moving forward. The good news, at least, is Tyrod Taylor's on injured reserve, but there is no indication that he's done for the season. So I think if everything goes according to plan, guys, with his rib injury and his recovery, after the bye is done, Tyrod Taylor could very well be back out on the field and reclaim the starting job. And you have a veteran that knows the offense, that has that mobility factor that Howard was talking about. It's more of a matter to me right now, and this is just my personal opinion, the next three games, how they navigate that, assuming Daniel is sidelined for the season. You've got Tommy DeVito, who obviously has comfort with the offense, and you assume will get more and more comfortable. And they did bring in Matt Barkley, who was with Brian Dable in Buffalo. So he's been exposed to the offense. Are you at the point where he has been acclimated enough to what they're running with the Giants and Mike Kafka's influence 
that if you want to go with a more polished veteran, do you hand the reins over to him knowing what Howard was talking about? Dallas is going to bring the house and maybe you're a little bit more comfortable with him as opposed to Tommy DeVito. I think that's at least a conversation that they could very well entertain this week. So now you're so last week you were saying that a quarterback couldn't come in and learn the offense in a week. Now it's been a week uh, going into a second week. You're like, well, we've got to put him in. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Hold on, Howard. No, no. Let me clarify. You're not going to pin me against the wall here. OK, you asked me. OK, yeah, you go. You go ahead and laugh. Let's review. OK, we'll go back to the tape like Warner Wolf. OK, if you asked me what I said, you said how many quarterbacks are out there on the market? I said very few, but I said Matt Barkley's out there. And I said Barkley is an exception because he was exposed to this offense. So if anyone can come in relatively soon and get adjusted, he would be the exception to the rule. And who did they wind up bringing in? They brought in Matt Barkley. So that's and, my and, defense here. Okay. So, so defense so, rest. Uh, I'll but, allow the prosecution to speak again. But but only just so you know, in, in the league this week, a player came in on a Tuesday, uh, got got thrown into the game because the starting quarterback got hurt and won Joshua the game. Dobbs. Correct. Yeah. Well, and Dobbs is a veteran who has had some starting experience and has been in the league for many different years. Very different than Tommy DeVito. Being no, no, we were talking about bringing somebody in off the street that was a veteran that could they come in and do it. You said it's impossible to do. And I'm like, no, it's not. Well, but once again, based on who was out on the market, Dobbs wasn't out on the market, Howard. They acquired yeah, him they, via trade. They, they, Let's not they forget about that. Yeah, I said right. they traded for him. Because I said the Giants, that, the, the injury would have cost, you know, even though Daniel came back, would have been a trade moment. They would have to trade to get somebody. Well, listen, guys, regardless, you, you know, the, the point being what, what uh, Lance just said. So let's say he comes back after the bye is Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> they got three games coming up. It's Dallas. It's the Commanders. It's the Patriots. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if they lose all three, you're two and ten going in and then Tyrod comes back. You know, what are we dealing with here? You know, I, I, I think now it's more about them getting. Well, I think now it's more about uh, not not that the fans want to hear. I think now it's more about trying to evaluate some of your players and see yes. what you get what you can get out of them. I don't I don't think it's so much, you know, you like to go into every game thinking, oh, we got a chance for the playoffs. Oh, we got a chance. We got a chance. I, you know, once everyone started getting hurt, and I didn't know if everyone's going to get back. They got everybody back, and then Daniel goes down. It's not a bleak situation. Just like, okay, now we're going to get to evaluate some guys. Some guys are going to get some chances on this team to make some money, to cement, them, cement their place on the team. Some guys are going to get some more playing time. They're going to try to get creative. Uh, it's going to give these receivers on the outside some chances to like, hey, look, we need to work on getting open regardless of what the coverage is, what if it's press, if whatever it is. Uh, we want to make sure we're beating guys off the line and let's really focus on doing this. So now it's a prolonged uh, a camp, so to speak, so they can get better along the way so they'll be prepared for more, more prepared or better prepared for next year. Uh, you can't – every season doesn't come out to the playoffs, and I would love for it to. Uh, I had reservations about this season because of the schedule – uh, like I said, we're going to play more teams this year uh, that were looking to be not just in the playoffs, but go to the Super Bowl, as opposed to last year, just playing teams that were like, okay, hopefully we can get a chance to win our division. So they they got the best of the league uh, this year, uh, and, it, and it showed. Like, you know, if you're not healthy and you're not ready, you're not ready. Well, I, I, I was just going to add, yeah, it, it became a perfect storm, if you will, this season, Howard. They played much better teams. And they were decimated by injuries. So that combination really put them uh, 
on their backs real fast. Well, and I think you also guys need to take into consideration the manner in which they won games last season, too. Let's not forget about that. They weren't winning by 20 to 30 points a game. And I'm not saying everybody's doing that across the NFL, but how many games do you go back to last season where they don't make a defensive stop on the very last play of the game? A few of those wins could have easily been losses. That was the fine line that they walked. Hey, they don't have to make excuses. The record is what the record is. But the bottom line is they were walking that tightrope, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And now, unfortunately, what we're seeing this season is the tightrope is not around much because there have been a handful of lopsided affairs. And that goes back to, you know, Russ, you mentioned it's been a perfect storm. Unfortunately, part of this perfect storm has been they've dug themselves in early holes. And this team is not built to find a way out of those holes. For example, this was the third time they trailed by at least 20 points while being shut out at the break. We saw it against Dallas in week one. We saw it in week two against Arizona. Now they rallied against Arizona, but Russ, in fairness, that was more of the outlier than the norm compared to what we've seen this season. No, and I, I, I'd agree with that. I, I think now moving forward, you know, Howard, uh, you, you can agree or disagree. I, I, I think you will agree that, you know, you don't want to put it on one side, but it's incumbent upon the defense especially early on, not to allow the Giants to get into a big hole because the Giant offense, there's just not enough artillery right now at the quarterback position in particular uh, to dig themselves out of a big hole offensively. So they, they got to play it tight and close to the vest as much as possible. I know, but look, you got to start to run your offense. You you know that you want to run the ball. Barkley's going to have to, like, try to go out and and try to win some of that incentive money that they gave him uh, for the rest of the season, uh, which I don't know if he can with all the games he missed. I think, uh, like I said, the receivers that are playing, they're going to pick it up a little bit. I think Cager... Uh, it's going to give an opportunity here to to go out and do some of the Waller type routes and and get himself involved in the game from an offensive standpoint. You saw Bellinger; he looks good and strong, making plays when, when the ball's in the, in the air to him. He's looking pretty good blocking as well. He's going to increase that as he goes. Uh, whoever's going to get to play right tackle is going to have to like you know kind of mesh with the other four guys. The other four guys are going to play. Uh, just a little bit better. I think the uh, Pew being there from an offensive standpoint helps that offensive line out a lot um, with camaraderie, uh, getting together and, and making them want to to do a little bit more. DeVito's got to, they're going to have to sit down with DeVito this week and go like, hey, let's go over stuff you like. Because Dallas is not going to sit there and blitz him every time. They're going to run some twists and everything. And those twists didn't really work this last game. But if they have to bring the blitz, the blitz was going to get there. Uh, and it's going to get there just because he just has, doesn't have the experience to pick it up. Uh, but the, that's what really got to him uh, for the actual sack that they gave up. The two sacks they gave up were blitzes. Then that's how they got. That's how they got to the quarterback. Uh, he just didn't see it coming. Uh, so if they can figure that out uh, by you know Thursday or Friday, then that that can give them a little more encouragement. The big thing with them is that you're going to be playing against like you know the A flight team. They can't afford to lose another game. They can't can't afford to give up another inch, and they're front runners. So if the defense can find a way to, if if Dallas is is going to try to run the ball, or if they make Dallas one dimensional and slow them down a little bit, they're front runners. If if the Giants get a field goal on them, it it it, it kind of bothers them a little bit. So you got to do whatever you can to you know be the team that you want to be. <laughs> but realizing that you're, you know, you're without your top gun at the quarterback. 
Yeah, and and what the Giants can't do is what they did a couple of times yesterday is shoot themselves in the foot. You know, fourth and one, fourth and inches, pre-snap penalties. That'll get you every time, and it got them yesterday. And yeah, they, 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 they had a couple starts. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah, two yeah that's starts what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it they, they, you know, everybody's back on the line and trying to get it done, but. You know, and like you guys, your famous tush push did not work again yesterday. So not really sure where they're going to go with that from this point on. Yeah, that tush push is becoming a pain in my tush. I'll tell you that. I, mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear how good it works for the Eagles, but thus far, it's not working for the Giants. Not at all. They're, they don't have the same personnel, so it doesn't look the same. Yeah. yeah, especially the offensive line up front for Philadelphia. That makes a big difference. And, you know, the quarterback, too, and Jalen Hurts and how he meshes with that group that Howard was talking about. So you had Evan Neal and you had Daniel Bellinger with those two false starts that Russ was hitting on. I want to go back to Russ's point because I would agree with Russ. I think the Giants are in a position right now where there's a lot more pressure on the defense, Howard. Whether that's warranted or not is a whole other debate, but there is pressure on them. But I think if the Giants are going to make some inroads – we could sit here and we can analyze the defense all we want. Even if the defense holds the Raiders, let's say, in a hypothetical world to 21 points, can the Giants offense get to 21? And I think that's a reasonable question. Guys, yesterday was the eighth time in nine games. The Giants scored less than 20 points. In five of these nine games, they have scored 10 points or less. It's been the trend. They have the last scoring offense in the NFL. They're 32nd with just over 11 points per game. So as much as I want to say the offense and the defense need to mesh better, even if the defense lends a helping hand, I don't know if I've seen anything at this point, no matter who we want to talk about with the game of musical chairs at quarterback, that you believe the Giants can go out and consistently get into that 20 to 25 point category, Howard, regardless of who they're playing. And Russ, if you want to jump in on that. No, I mean, realistically, guys, and and I don't want to – I don't want to demean Tommy DeVito, okay? I, I really don't want to do that. But, I mean, how many points can you expect with DeVito right now? Maybe a couple of games down the road, but still, you know, trying to find himself, find a comfort zone. I think looking for 20, 21 points is kind of looking for a lot right now from DeVito guiding the offense. I don't know about 20, 21 points. I don't, I don't know if the point is, is fair. I think it's more of trying to do something positive with the offense. If yeah. you can get – they had a couple of really good drives. They got the ball down the field. You got to have comfortable plays when you get across the 50, know what, what you know – what you guys like the best, how we can get it, how we can get it called. Uh, if they keep blocking it up, he's going to have to release the ball a little sooner. I think that, uh, you know, DeVito, the, the, I don't don't know what he's looking at or what he's doing. I saw on the sideline Tyrod trying to talk to him to calm him down. And once Tyrod had spoken to him a couple of times, he started to, you know, complete some passes. So I think that, I think that was, that was a promising thing, seeing him complete passes. The problem's not just been with, with, with DeVito, it's been with Tyrod, it's been with Daniel and everyone is once they get past the, tw- you know, past the 50 or to the 40, things start to break down and you got to have everybody operating at the same, on the same level. And I don't, I don't mean extraordinary plays. I mean, just make basic plays. The interception, that the second interception that DeVito throws, the ball bounces off Slayton's hands. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Off his chest, actually. And and they get an interception. Uh, Hobbs had a chance to, you know, to keep a drive alive. Uh, Hodge, Hodge had a chance to keep a drive alive. Makes a catch. They didn't really punch it out, just kind oh. of a hit. And he, and he bobbled the ball. Uh, you just got to do the things, the things that you can do. 
Uh, the things that are expected of you, um, you just got to make the regular plays. If you make regular plays, the games will be, you know, reasonable. If you don't make the regular plays, you're going to be looking at craziness um, for the rest of the year. So I think that, you know, Coach Dayball is going to be more focused on, from an offensive standpoint, hey, what can we do uh, that's productive? And how how can we make things better for him? They'll be looking at rolling DeVito uh, and to the right or to the left, trying to give him some room. Those receivers are going to have to be on their P's and Q's on the outside and, and how they get open, how quickly they get open. And the guys coming from the backside have got to give him some options uh, when he's scrambling. Uh, the scramble rule is going to be a big thing for the for the team going forward because not so much because the line isn't blocking, but because he's like taking his first look, maybe his second look, but then he starts to move around if he sees any, any color in front of him flashing. So they're going to have to calm him down first. Uh, the receivers – Hyatt is looking for any opportunity he can to get the ball. Slayton probably is like one of the f- more physical guys catching the ball. I think he's going to get some opportunities. It's a lot going to be dependent on Saquon and, and how much of a load can he take uh, running the ball. It, and and if you're going to try to protect your young quarterback, you're going to have to run the ball. When you run the ball, though, the offensive line plays better. Without a doubt. And they were showing some positive signs in running the ball early. If you go back to when Barkley and Jones are in, the problem is – and I think this is what you were hitting on when you get past the 50 or you get in midfield, you short circuit mm-hmm. yourselves, the penalties, the lack of explosive plays, the drives start getting into the eight play, nine play territory. Something is bound to happen. That's negative. We've talked about this. You need the explosive plays because you can't go up and down the field regularly. On a quick side note, Howard, I think if you go back and you watch, if we're talking about the same play, Amik Robertson, the Raiders corner, I thought he actually got a hand in on Isaiah Hodgins and punched the ball out. So you got to give maybe the defense a little bit more credit on that one as opposed to Isaiah dropping it. I don't know if I'd classify it that way. I didn't say he dropped it. I said you, I said it was just a, a hit on him that he's got to be able to hold on to the ball is what I was saying. Yeah, I wasn't saying he I, dropped him. I didn't say I, he dropped it. I, I, I would agree with that. It was uh, – yeah, it got hit, but you want to know what it got hit? You, it was there. It was there. It, it looked like a first down, and and you you, see, you saw Hodgins laying on his face, like banging oh, his hands. Sure. He he yeah. knew he he knew it was a mess. Listen, uh, you, when you talk about getting past the fifty, the problems you know having Waller out for the next three games anyway that doesn't help either. So what the, what the Giants are now limited. They they're not good enough to overcome a lot of mistakes. So wh- whether they can yeah. beat somebody. Or, or or play with somebody is is one thing, but if you're going to make mistakes, they're not strong enough to overcome those mistakes. They they can't be dealing with self inflicted wounds. Well, they haven't oh. been strong enough to overcome mistakes the whole season. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, but I mean, I, I think Russ's larger point is, and this is what I was alluding to and emphasizing is, it's almost at the point where you need to have that perfect performance, Howard, and that's just it's unrealistic. Meaning, for example, be, before I let you jump in, Howard. We've been talking about both facets of the team, and you mentioned the absence of Leonard Williams, and I'm with you. But they didn't have any sacks or any takeaways on defense yesterday, okay? They needed that, though. Whether it's fair or not, they needed to shorten the field for the offense. Maybe the defense even needed to score a touchdown to realistically say you can remain competitive in the game. Howard, I'm not talking about winning the game. I'm talking about staying within striking distance. And I know, okay, I'm not saying that that is realistic to ask for a defense to do that every week, but those are the types of things we're looking at in order to overcome what Russ was talking about 
how they go in essentially for the lack of a better phrase in a handicap position. Well, listen, the quarterback didn't light it up. I know, I know he didn't have, they didn't sack him a lot, but it wasn't like he was lighting it up. They just weren't in big time third down situations. They weren't in any third and eights and third and so he tens. He was comfortable. That's he what was it was. comfortable. Yeah. yeah because because they were, the running game was like they were getting five to six yards of carry. Once you get five to six yards of carry, your whole playbook is is open to you. your shot sheet. You like you can pick anything because it's like comfortable. You're getting in third and ones, maybe third and twos, probably. So uh, third and four, the where the, when, once the ball's thrown, the receiver just turns around, he catches it. He doesn't have to make a move or anything. He just go down. And he's got a first down. There was one or two plays where he had to actually make first downs, and they made them. The defense will have to be able. To, you know, going forward, they're going to have to stop the run totally. And then once they stop the run totally, then that whole pass rush can get started and get going. But if they don't stop the run, there's no pass rush to be had because you're you're focusing so hard on trying to get get to the running back and not get to the quarterback. Well, and the reason why I'm bringing up the elements on defense, Howard, is the Raiders came into the game yesterday. Okay, These were the three things that they had been haunted by, just to put things in perspective for the two of you. They had a turnover, at least one, in every single game. They played clean football, did not turn over the ball against the Giants. They had yet to run for 100 yards as a team, not Josh Jacobs. As a team, they failed to run for at least 100 yards. They got over 100, a buck 25. And then the last piece on the agenda, they had not scored more than 21 points in a single game. And they put 30 on the board, and that wasn't with assistance. Hold on, Howard. That wasn't with assistance of their defense. That all came via the offense. So... Those three things, Howard, had not occurred in all eight games that the Raiders played, and then they and all come to life against the Giants. It, you're saying it like it was the Giants. It would have been anybody, unfortunately. And the reason why it would have been anybody was they had a universal uh, upheaval of Josh. Uh, what's his name? The, co the coach that was Josh there? Daniels. Yeah. Josh McDaniels, they they did everything they could. They, everybody, they had a, a free-for-all or something where they had every, every player get up and speak and, and you know, Aired grievances, and everyone aired their grievances to Josh in front of the ownership and everything, and it was crazy. And all of a sudden, you know, Antonio Pierce gets up and talks about the path to victory, and that we always have a path to victory, right? So that's the message that they're having. That whatever message Josh was giving, they weren't receptive to, and it was hurting the team. Now all of a sudden you get you get a different message. Everybody believes in what's going on, and now this talent that they've had the whole time they get to use. So it, it wasn't the Giants. It was who was next. That could have happened to anybody because they were going to come out and run the ball and be determined to run the ball and get after it. So the Giants coming in, I heard, a lot, like I said, again, I heard a lot about what do you think they're going to do? I think they're going to run the ball. They have the, they have the, they, they have the number one, the guy who led the league in rushing last year. They're going to run the ball. They're going to protect their young quarterback. And then they're going to protect him by running the ball first. You got one of the best receivers in the league standing out on one side. You got two really good tight ends. That's a couple of other guys that can catch the ball as well. So you got a lot of talented people standing around him. If we run the ball, everything else is open, and they ran the ball well. So oh. that would have happened to the Giants. That would have happened to, the, I hate to say it, the Cowboys. That would happen to anybody. They were determined to run it. They did a great job doing it. Well, they definitely look like a different team. But, Howard, the way you're talking, it sounds as if the Giants played the X-Men yesterday and Antonio Pierce got Wolverine to sharpen his claws well, you, and all of you, a sudden you, they got superhero you, you, powers over the course of the last say, two days. You, I mean, come on. You, you, can, you can say it any way you want to. When, a, when something's bad in the system, the system's bad. 
and you can see that it's bad. They they came up with it, it's not like some some people every once in a while it's, it's I hate to say it. I've seen it happen even with the Giants in, in my career. You have a guy in that everybody's like, oh, my God. I've seen, I've even seen guys – I watched the game one time, and I won't say when and what year or whatever, but I saw one time where the, where the defensive coordinator was calling the defense, and the players revolted and started calling the defense on their own. So, like, you're, when I'm telling you this, and I know you're like, oh, you, it looks like when the players are, are together and they're organized and they, and they have a great plan, they can execute the plan. Well, yeah, I, 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 again, I think we're also talking about a perfect storm that they, they rallied the, the the Raiders rallied around a new head coach. Uh, they were going to run the ball. They had that game plan. And mm-hmm. you know, on the opposite side of the line or, or the opposite side of the field, you had a team that was missing, a, you know, a big guy on defense. You also had a team that lost its quarterback, you know, and you, you, you got to wonder how demoralizing that is not, not just in that game, but moving forward. I mean, but, but, but you also had a team, Russ, think about this was watching tape of this team the entire time. And what did they see? They say, they saw all the stuff that Lance was talking about. If you're looking at the stuff that Lance is talking about, you're like, these guys are really bad. And your energy to play against them, no matter what, you're like, oh, we're going to we're going to get better against these guys. We're gonna, this is going to be a win. And all of a sudden, they come out and start punching you in the mouth. You're like, wait a minute, this is not the same group of guys. Now you got to regroup and try to figure out what to do. <laughs> and that's what they got. Before, by the time they had controlled the run and start getting to them, it was a little late in the game. Well, Giants need to do a whole lot of regrouping from now mm-hmm. to Sunday. That's for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. One other thing that I just want to get to to wrap up our conversation and circle back to where we started, and I know everybody's still digesting perhaps the quarterback news that everybody's bracing for, but guys, if this doesn't further emphasize the luxury the Giants had with Eli Manning as the starting quarterback all those years and he did not miss one game due to injury, I don't know what better spells things out because, I mean, this is not a shot against Daniel Jones, but Daniel now is going to have missed at least two games in every single season in which he's been the starting quarterback. And that goes back to 2019 when he replaced Eli Manning. So I think if there's ever an appropriate moment to go back to the archives and look back at what the Giants had with Eli for the fan base to further appreciate it, to me it's now. Because unfortunately, with the exception of last season, Daniel Jones has not been able to stay on the field for an entire campaign. And we know, based on what we're talking about, that completely changes the dynamics of a team. Yeah, but you know that. That said, Eli was then, and this is now, and now we have Tommy DeVito at the helm until further notice. <laughs> okay, oh, and I, we'll I, leave it at that. Oh well, unless I, Howard wants to. Yes, I'll go with this, Lance. I must have listened to a thousand Giants fans talk about how bad Eli was, and how man he's a little overrated, and oh wow, I'm like, really? Is this what you think? <laughs> And, and like nothing against Daniel, I used to tell him all the time, I'm like, there'll come a time, hopefully not soon, but there'll come a time you'll look back at Eli and you'll be like, wow, that dude was tough. Hey, hey, he was. hey, Howard, I'm sure you remember this because I remember your old coach, Bill Parcells, used to say to us sitting in the media, yeah, you guys, what well, you, you guys one day are going to look back and say, you know, that that number 11, he was pretty good, too. He was pretty good, too. Because, yeah. you know, they were going after Sims also. No, you're right. But as yeah, I said, yeah. that was then, and this is now. Ain't no Sims, ain't no Eli right now. It's Tommy DeVito. No, hopefully he has a good one. Hope, hope so, too. 
Unfortunately, in life, sometimes you don't appreciate an individual until they're no longer in the picture. And that essentially was my point, given what Eli contributed to this franchise. All right, that is going to wrap up the latest edition of the Giants Hangout, our weekly roundtable discussion as we recap the previous game. Also, look ahead to developments with the team. Lance Meadow, Russ Salzberg, Howard Cross with you. Stay locked to Giants.com, the mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform, platform for the latest right here on the Giants Hangout. Have a good one.